Welcome to Multiclass Theater, the role-playing podcast with class. We use D&D 5th edition by Wizards of the Coast. We swear, we fight creepy monsters and stuff, and often digress into nerdy tangents. So, deal with it. I'm Mist on the River, and because I drew the short straw, I get to welcome back our returning listeners, and welcome any new listeners. Although if you are a new listener, you're going to be fucking confused in about two minutes here because this episode is bridging the gap between Season 3 and the official start of Season 4. You probably want to go back and start at the beginning of Season 3 at the very least, or not, whatever. I'm about to spoil the whole damn thing anyway, because last time... Me, Rotan, and Silway made for Silway's hometown a tier where there's a big magic meteorite under heavy magical guard. Problem is, this dick named Endu wants that magic for himself, and has been doing all kinds of ritual sacrifice to get at it. Like I said, he's a dick. Anyway, we met up with Silway's, uh, tutor? Nanny? Whatever. Who pointed us at Endu's likely next target at a place called the Shrouded Isle. Not at all ominous sounding there. Our first stop was a town of Greymoor to hire a ship and pick up two more additions to the team. Desmond, the amnesiac cleric, and Winley, the fucking terrifying gnome. To make a long story short, we met up with some witches, who were cool, and some bird folk, who were not, and teamed up to take out this dude named Starge, who was even worse, uh, thus breaking the curse on the island. Problem with that is that the witch queen, Roxiel Darkfeather, was Endu's primary target, and he managed to get to her during the fighting. And I got my paws on a powered-up fragment of the meteorite, dope, but it kind of removed the whole goddamn continent to another plane. Less dope. Which was apparently my patron's plan all along. Even less dope. Fucking fairies. There's a bunch of other character developy stuff that happened too, but this has gone on long enough. So kick back, light some cat's shadow, and enjoy part one of this interlude on Multiclass Theater. A month has passed since the events at Castle Starge, since the sun returned to the Shrouded Island. You've spent most of the time in High Moon, some time away in Kent, but mostly you've just rested, recovered from the long, dark journey that took you not only through the bowels of Castle Starge, but through the Shadow Realm itself. But days are better now. Times are better. The sun continues to rise on the wrong side of the sky, which admittedly has taken some getting used to. But nature is resilient, if not anything else, and as you walk through the woods and the forest, they seem greener, more lush, more vibrant. The road to Egerton was peaceful, tranquil. You spent night after night at campfires, telling stories, roasting marshmallows, sleeping at peace under the sky. This morning, you find yourselves entering the town of Edgerton. You have very limited experience of the towns and the settlements of the Shrouded Isle, but Edgerton reminds you of a city from home. It's large, it's bustling, with buildings crowding the sky. As you enter the main gate, you find yourselves in a expansive plaza. Ahead of you, there's a statue, or what once was a statue. It seems to have been pulled from the ground and lies in pieces on the cobblestone. As you ride closer, you see that it was once a statue of the Lord. There seem to be two gates out of this plaza. Beyond the gate to the left, you see a bustling market district filled with life 
color and carts and chatter of merchants and people. And to your right, you see a dour, run-down, crumbling neighborhood. People seem to mill about, but there doesn't seem to be any joy, any frivolity, for lack of a better word, any life. You take the left path, you cross through the markets, through a residential neighborhood, and you find yourselves in a noble district along the seashore. To your right, you see high ivory walls covered in ivy, beyond which you can see towers, stained glass, leaded glass, and in the center, what seems to be a very large clock. Your escort pauses in front of a building, steps from a promenade. The sign above it reads, The Unmade Bed. Inside, you hear laughter. You hear the clank of mugs. You seem to be at the inn. You seem to be at your destination. What's the name of this tavern? The Unmade Bed. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Got good feelings about this place already. (laughs) I will say, it looks very nice. Yeah, I was going to say. The area you find yourselves in is very posh. It looks like a noble district you'd find in Roth or in Neverwinter or Nightfall. It's an interesting name. Perhaps this is what they mean when they say don't judge a book by its cover, yes? <laughs> I wonder if you went if you rent a room if all the beds would be unmade. <laughs> that would be funny, wouldn't it? That would be fun. Nice. It's quite twist. clever to have a sheet hanging off of the actual side. <laughs> oh, is that what that was? I thought that was like a surrender flag. Oh, Grover! <laughs> no, no, darling. No, no, darling. It's the, the sheet isn't white. You see, it's a it's a wonderful cream color. Oh. Yes. Or it's just dirty. Well, why don't we go in? To be honest, I'm quite hungry and I've run out of dried fruit. For me, maybe they have some meat here. Maybe they have ham. Oh, ham. Oh, I've almost forgot about a ham. It's been... It's been an age. Well, let's get you some ham, darling, and you too, little cashew. Honest question, have we even seen a pig since we've been on this island? No, I think they're all used up. They're in the back. Oh, that would be such a tragedy. Can pigs be used up? That sounds a little backwards, darling. You've eaten, um, many a pigs throughout your life, if you think well, about it. Well, yes, but this... To show good. Yes, in your stomach. That's how the system is designed, you see. It's the circle of life, darling. It's all right. They want you to enjoy the food. They just don't. They don't want you to know where it comes from. They don't want to ask you to ask any questions. So he's already inside the door. Willie, are you implying that the gods created the world with a finite supply of of pigs? Well, um. Because I, I I don't think that's how it works, but. But upon reflection, I actually don't know where pigs come from. Well, when a mommy pig and a daddy pig love each other very much, they give each other a special kind of hug. Oh, so it works like humans. I've never wanted to end a conversation more in my life. Let's go into this unmade bed. (laughs) (laughs) Silway's already at the bar ordering ham. (laughs) (laughs) You walk into the inn, and it is very nice inside. Maybe not up to the standards of the finer posh clubs in Nightfall or Neverwinter or Roth, but it is very comfortable. It is wood-paneled. It seems to be decorated with a lot of memorabilia of Egerton College. There are flags, there are various paintings of headmasters throughout the years. There are even some trophies that are dusty on a shelf behind the bar, and everyone in there seems to be middle-aged. 
sort of professorial, if you will. Oh, we're in that bar. Okay. Sylvia's at the at the bar ordering ham. Oh, hello. Oh, th- th- we don't have ham. Um, sorry. You don't have ham. No, I don't even know what it is. You. Oh dear. Is it some form of uh, dog meat? So it's a wild pig. Do you know what pigs are? No, I don't have pigs. Never seen a pig. Please list me all the animals that you kill and serve here. It's <laughs> a strange way to phrase it. Such sort of. I know we've got cows. You like them? They're big. They got hooves. They make a moo sound. <laughs> <laughs> Are we not sure which one's being the idiot here? <laughs> I'm not. God damn. <laughs> All right, cow. Cow sounds great. Winley climbs on the bar stool right next to Silway, ushering in uh, Cashew and Gruber. Did you say you're ordering ham? I think Gruber would love some. I have bad news, Gruber. They don't know what a pig is. I do not know what a pig is. Hold it. Did they use up their supply of pigs? Oh, well, you'll have to have your goddess uh, give a call to the pig god. Apparently, he doesn't serve this town. I do, a pig god. That's what Roton said. Oh, <laughs> Roton. Extrapolating. Tell me about the pig god. Yes, what's his name, Roton? Who's the pig god? I don't know every god and goddess's name. Oh, you don't? Well, that seems rather Do you want ignorant. to tell me the names of all the gnomes you know? That was really rude, Roton. Well, that was quite rude well, to say. Well, I am sorry. I was trying to Are make you a, a god? A, a, <laughs> because I am a metaphor. Gnome. I think it's you're called. not a god. Yes. Wait, what? You asked if I knew all the gnomes because I am a gnome. I but, think this is one of those conversations you know the... where I'm going to just get confused, and uh, so I'm going to go uh, uh, sit over here. Winley turns to Soe. You know, Roton really is full of shist. You know that? You should ask him about the fish god. Student bars, you know, on the side of the river. Y'all seem kind of young to be in here. I'll take that as a compliment, thank you. Well, not you. I'm assuming you were part of the... He kind of looks like you've got sort of a... Listen, I'm guessing you were doing a... so well. You were just, just stop there. Give me a slice of cow and a cup of ale, please. Yes, thank you. Yeah, right. I didn't know you could slice a cow. Is that how it's served? Uh, what's your name? My name's Francis. Francis. Oh, okay. That's yeah, we do slice cow. Excellent. We serve it on bread, too. Oh, even better. Well, yeah, get Desi one of those. Yeah, it's called a sandwich. Interesting. Fascinating. I learn new things every day. Is this like some sort of like school prank? You're yanking my chain. Which side of this is the prank? I mean... <laughs> Look, there's, there's a booth over there. Why don't you go lay, sit down or do whatever and I'll send him... I'll send Norman over with your food. Alright. Right out. And drinks. Don't forget drinks. Yeah, okay. Drinks as well. So you find yourselves in a circular booth in the corner. Above you are paintings of students throwing a ball around in a large stadium with hundreds of cheering fans. After a few minutes, a short, thin, you're not sure if boy or man, maybe teenager, comes kind of shambling towards you. His skin is ashen, his hair white, his eyes are bloodshot. Oh, hello. My name's Norman. I've I've got your drinks. Rotan, you're 
proton sense starts tingling. Okay. And you are 100% certain that Norman is undead. <laughs> uh, uh, he, he, like, puts his hands on his, uh, on his hammers and he says, Excuse me, sir. Are you perchance, uh, life-challenged? Oh, um, yes. Oh, thank you for notice. Now I'm... Yes, I am... That's that's a clever way to put it. I've never heard it said quite like that. I am, I'm in fact, reborn, so to speak. Ah, ah, so you are saying you are dead? I, yes, I suppose I am. That might be a problem. Are you evil? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Ah. I just serve sandwiches and I clean the place up after hours. I don't think there's anything evil about that. I, I hope not. Do you uh, clean the place up in a sinister way? I, I, I like to sing. Roton, not everyone's life is your business. Yeah, be cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> your name is Norman, isn't that? Yes, yes, it's Norman. Well, well, thank you so much for the sandwiches, and hopefully sometime we can hear you sing. <laughs> not very good, but... Well, that doesn't okay. matter. It's all about the feeling you put in it. I'm too embarrassed now, but... Okay. And he puts the drinks down on the table, and to the extent that the undead can blush, shambles away. Um, was I the only one who noticed that he was undead? No, Roton, we all noticed, but that doesn't mean it's our business. Yeah, you're just the only one who made a big deal about it. Like, Hold on. Be cool, man. Yes, don't judge someone. You have no idea his life path or what he's been through. Well, we do kind of know his life path. The end, he died, and then he suffered. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> Who cares? It's, not our, it's none of our concern. The fact that he needs a heaping pot of cold cream isn't our business. Let me just pose this question. How how many undead have we killed in the last... It feels like it's been at least a year, but it's been a while. How, how, how many undead have we killed? It's been quite a few. Essentially, all of them. We have killed all of them. Every undead... And, and so I do not understand why you all are suddenly so so chill about this. Because those undead weren't about to bring us sandwiches. Yeah, and uh, they radiated a, a different sort of energy. You know, you could tell it wasn't good. You didn't get the vibe that we were in any danger when this person came around. Usually I get the sense very early on that something is to mean us harm. I didn't get that sense here. Like, this guy... We're pretty sure it doesn't have, you know, someone stitched up on a table exactly. ready to drain his life out. Yes, you know? good example. Yes. And didn't you see his sweet little cheeks go pale pink? I mean, he really couldn't be that harmful. After a few minutes, Francis comes wandering over from behind the bar. And he leans down close to you over the table. And he says, I don't know what you said to Norman, but... You put him right off his job. He's now in the back practicing his songs, which he knows I don't want to hear. So please don't encourage him. He's pretty terrible. <laughs> Is this going to interrupt the drink service? Priorities. No, he's going to just put on a show. and We're not that kind of place. Oh, I think he took our words. Um, he took them to his... Um, well, he doesn't have a heart anymore. I do have a silent spell. Right, well, you know, he does have a heart. You don't, 
You don't know about the Reborn? No, we don't. Do tell. Oh, well, not much to tell. Sort of the, um, see, half the town is live people, like, you know, me and presumably you. And the other half is, um, uh, well, they're dead. And, um, they've sort of always been here, so town's kind of divided in half. And they kind of do their thing, and we do our thing, and, you know, occasionally some people mix, but, you know, it's just sort of the way it is. Hmm. And uh, how long has uh, this situation been going on? I don't know. A couple hundred years, I suppose. Oh, well. Interesting. Oh, so not a recent... No, no, nothing recent. I mean, except for the whole sun coming back thing. That was kind of... Didn't expect that to happen. But um, beyond that, things don't really change around here. Interesting. This is the first we've seen of these reborn. We've been here for a couple of months or so. We haven't seen this in any other parts of the island. Is this the? Is it localized? Is it only this town? I know about the south, but yeah, no, don't don't have much north. Hmm. At least not that I've heard. Don't much get outside. You know, it's kind of dangerous out there. Besides, you know, I've got my business to run. Don't really travel, so. Hmm. So you all here to, I don't know, you're going to school here? I mean, you look pretty young. And he points at you, so I... Diplomatic envoy, as she chugs the rest of her beer. Diplomatic envoy from who? From Hymon. He stands up and he looks down at his apron, which is stained. Sorry, should have put on something better. Um, would you like some, uh... Well, we've, we've got our best cow. Um... I've got some muffins. Oh, I'd love a muffin. <laughs> Please. What flavour? Excuse me, what flavour? It's um, bran. Oh, like a morning glory muffin. Don't know about that, but it's, I mean, it's hearty. It'll get you going in the morning, I suppose. Um, well, we'll, we'll, take, um, we'll take the lot. We'll take all of them. Okay. Um, okay. And he goes rushing into the back to bring you out muffins. So he comes back with a platter of muffins. Farm to and he's fork. even laid out a linen napkin, a lace-trimmed doily, if you will, on the bottom of this tray and arranged the muffins on them. He sets them down on the table. And he says, So um, you're going to be needing a room, I suppose. Upstairs we've got lovely sweets, a couple of them. Seem to be unoccupied. Afraid you have to double up, but... Um, if you don't mind that, I'd, I'd, I'd be honoured if you would stay here. No charge. Don't worry about the charge. I'll just, you know, be honoured. I may say, you know, the delegation from Moon stayed here, which, you know, I think the fair is fair, but... Sounds good. Three rooms. Let's do it. Are the beds unmade? Oh, <laughs> the sign. No, the, the beds are made. It's just a joke, you know. My mum used to tease me about having an unmade bed, so I told her, you know, one day I'm going to have a whole place of unmade beds. And so that's what I named it, the inn. I know, it's not very funny, but I think, it, you know, it is between me and my mum. I'm sure she finds it hilarious. Well, yeah, she did, but she's dead now, so... Oh. Oh, oh shit. I'm... No, it's all right, she died years ago. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Is this your mother's muffin recipe? Oh, yes, it is. Oh, lovely. Okay, um, right. I'll leave it to it then. 
let me know if you need anything. Again, my name's Francis. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll see you later. Cheerio. Thank you. Thank you, Francis. And he kind of, like, half bows, but then catches himself unsure if he's supposed to bow, and then tries to bow again, and then just wanders off all flustered. Well, Silway, you've made quite the impression on this uh, this fellow. I didn't yes. do that. It's my noble bearing. Thank you. Thank you for acquiring us accommodations. <laughs> who, oh, who's sharing with who? Who wants to bed with me? <laughs> Don't all go too quick. Uh, I will. <laughs> Gotta buy me a drink first. At your side, Winley, Cashew jumps up and down. Oh. Oh, darling, but you're... Oh. <laughs> we're, we're a package deal. Don't you worry, my sweet little babushka. Um, well, I think I'd probably room with Gruber, obviously, but we're really kind of a three-in-one sort of thing. <laughs> so... <laughs> Next to you, Grouper is blushing fiercely. Anyone else? Well, you know what? Uh, Silway, will you please room with us? We'd have so much Gruber fun. Grouper and I have always slept together. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, the wind has changed, Roton. He's a taken man now. Oh, this is getting weird. This is, this is my new favorite <laughs> drama of the entire <laughs> <laughs> Fighting over Gruber. <laughs> well, Gruber, okay, fine. Gruber, who would you like to stay with? Run, man, it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap, run, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just thought, you know, I, don't, I love sleeping with you in, in Kashu, but I, I don't want to disappoint Mr. Roton, because he's right. We have always slept together, and he, he reads me stories. Oh, look at her face, man. It's the wrong answer. Look at her face. Oh, can we flip a coin? Mm-mm. <laughs> if you have to, if you have to leave it up to chance, Gruber, that's oh, really. Just, I don't want to upset anybody. Oh, darling, it's all right. What if we all sleep together? Oh, I'd rather die. Um, <laughs> 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 so, you know what? I think it would be so fun if Silway, Silway, you and I had a. You know, a girls' night, and and uh, Roton and Gruber can go and do um, whatever bachelors do together. Sounds good to me. Is it okay if, if Cashew, Cashew's with us though? Is that all right? Does it still count as girls' night if there's a boy raccoon there? Well, let's just think of him as the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. Good. Well, okay. Gruber, you have um, fun. Okay. He seems. <laughs> Relieved, but also still anxious. I can't imagine why. <laughs> Some time passes, your food arrives, and it's good cow. Best cow you've had in a while since you've been at High Moon, and they're vegetarians. So this would be the first cow you've had in a while. And several rounds of ale. It's almost as you finish your drinks, another round arrives, even without you asking. From time to time, people approach the entrance to the inn and they peer inside staring at you and they whisper amongst themselves and then they wander away only to be replaced by different people doing the same thing if you meant to keep a low profile you have failed never been a strong suit it's made all the worse when Anka lands in front of like between the door and one of these groups of people. It's almost like she didn't really realize that they were there. 
And so they gasped and backed up. And then she looked at them, gave them a little, like, awkward wave, and then walks inside, headed for your table. As you walk inside, Anka, you pass a woman who looks at you, drops her drink, and then, for a reason that she can't even understand herself, actually bows her head and curtsies to you. Oh. And then you see the group of them sitting in the corner. That's, that's, the bowing is really not necessary. Here, please stand, and uh, we'll get you another drink, yes? Uh, okay. Sorry, Mum. For what? I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, it's quite all right. Come on. And she goes and gets them another drink and then carries back on towards the table. Winley looks at Cashew and says, Go give Aunt Anka a hug. Go on, scary. <laughs> Anka, before you can get to the table, you are greeted by a raccoon scampering up to you. That's all I want in Giving life. you the uppy, uppy, uppy hands. <laughs> oh, that raccoon gets uppies. <laughs> instant, instant uppies. And a very dramatic twirl that ends in a hug and then setting Cashew back down and patting him back towards the group. And he scampers under the table, passing through Rotan's legs as he does so. Oh, Jesus. Good boy. I'm sorry I'm late. It, it took quite a, a bit longer than I anticipated, but you seem well occupied. Would you like a muffin? Or some cow. Mm, I will. And her nose, like, visibly scrunches. So I shrugs. And... More cow for you. Uh, I will. Thank you for the muffin. How was um, the sky? <laughs> I was going to say the road, but... You didn't take that. Very bright. It's quite an adjustment. I, the sunlight is very new. We'll just wear new hats. Extra wide brim. Anka, you settle in for a moment. Catch up with your companions of these last couple months. And you still see, I guess even more so now that Anka is here, people crowding in the doorway, staring at you, whispering amongst themselves. When suddenly you hear a voice... Come on, move aside, move aside, trying to get through. And a short, rotund man in glasses. He's wearing long black robes with orange trim and a matching orange scarf. He pushes his way through the crowd and stumbles up towards your table. You recognize him, cleaned up, as Philip. I'm so glad I found you. Mr. Rotan, Mr. Bastard, Mr. Von Bastard. I, I didn't know you were here. I, I just heard you were here. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. I I need your help. Oh, Philip. It's, oh, you remember me? How's the, uh, how's the writing coming along? Well, that's... I, I understand academics love it when you ask that. <laughs> it's, I, well, it's, I, it's complicated, but I'm just... I, I need your help. I need your help, like, now. Uh, yes. What seems to be the problem? I'll, I'll explain on the way, but, um... I just, come on, there's no time to lose. Very well. Uh, and Rotan will get up and uh, go to follow him. Does anyone want to go with Rotan? <laughs> sounds like fun, but you know what else sounds like fun? Um, sleeping, so... I'll go with Rotan. Okay, Silway's going to go with Rotan? Yes. Okay, so Silway, you and Rotan make your way out. The rest of you are going to hang out with Anka. And at this moment, we split the party. We're going to cut back and forth. <laughs> First episode. <laughs> Philip leads you out onto the street. As he walks, kind of half walks, half jogs, but not well. And he's constantly pulling up the hem of his robes that he's threatening to step on. 
with each step. Come on, come on, come on, hurry up! Follow me! I don't, I don't have much time. Oh, yeah, yes, Philip. We're, we're coming as fast as we can. Okay, um, it's, and he looks at you, silly. It's like, is that, is that all you have to wear? I, why? What's going on? No, never mind, it'll be fine. You'd have time to ask just, about my clothes, but not time to explain what's well, going on here? It's, I'm just worried about your, I just don't, I'm already under pressure, just please. Roton still has a sandwich in his hand. He leads you across the bridge to the ivy-covered walls. He exchanges a few words with one of the guards at the gates to the university, and they reluctantly allow you to enter. Egerton College is gorgeous with its classic diag layout, paths crisscrossing, buildings set around a central square. An ivy-colored clock tower rises above the campus. You see all sorts of ornate buildings, and you see students in similar robes with different colors crossing from building to building. Some gathered on the lawn, studying, practicing spells. It's a very tranquil atmosphere. It's Leviosa, not... (laughs) Philip leads you into one of the larger buildings. The interior is wood-paneled, ornately carved. He climbs several sets of stairs... By the time he gets to the third one, he's visibly out of breath. It's just... It's just a little further. Can you tell us now what we're doing here? And he stumbles forward through a set of double doors into a large oak-paneled room. Mike, what does this room look like? As uh, you enter this lecture hall, there are... (laughs) Some long tables set up at the back of the room that are filled with various uh, trays of of fruit and some carafes that are stamped uh, windy coffee and some other boxes uh, labeled Graybush Donuts. And uh, you see there's other folks in the hall already who have helped themselves to this food, all provided by Philip at his own expense, of course. Down towards the, the front of the room, you can see Four other uh, folks who are kind of standing a little bit apart from uh, everyone else. And you hear murmurs from people about this class or that study or things like that. And you can see some some of uh, those in attendance look fairly young and wide-eyed and uh, eager. And, and some look like they haven't slept in about four to six years. And they seem to have even more food on their plates than, than everyone else. I guess Philip is going to start working his way towards the very front of the lecture hall. Come on, worse, worse, worse. Hold on, let me catch my breath. I could have described okay. all of that. Philip approaches the front of the hall. Professor, I found him. Professor, this is Mr. Von Bastard. Uh, yes, uh, what is going on? Rotan sort of looks at Silway, like, do you know what's going on? This place is super creepy. <laughs> it's like pretentious and also creepy at the same time. I mean, I'm as confused as you two are, frankly. Why? Why are they here, Philip? You said he was. I he was a reference at the bottom of. He was one of my references. Remember, I, I gave you his name, and you said that that I was allowed to bring in. Someone, one of my references during my defense. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember that conversation now. 
Uh, he steps over to you. This guy is, is, uh, he kind of has a look like he'd rather be someplace else right now. He's, he's kind of middle-ish height, balding. He extends his hand to you. I'm, uh, Professor Hick Buzzkey. I'm, uh, <laughs> Philip's advisor here. Uh, yes, uh, I do seem to recall that Philip and I had, uh, several personal communications in the sequence, yes. Um, I, I, I don't quite know what's going on, though, here. Uh, Mr., Mr., uh, Buzzkey? Doctor. Doctor, Doctor Buzzkey. Buzzkey. Oh, uh, really, are you a healer? Not that kind of doctor. Oh, that, that's too bad. We could use one in our party. And, and you said this was, uh... Something about a defense? Yes, Philip ah, is defending his dissertation his today. Sword. <laughs> Not that kind of defense. Oh, kind of disappointed he he sheaves his sword. And uh, is this your your daughter, kid, sister? What's this situation? <laughs> uh, let's go with uh, bodyguard. Alright. <laughs> yes, uh, this is Smara. Silly gives you an approving nod. Then he turns back to Philip and says, Is uh, she a reference to? Uh, she was Cher, but she wouldn't give me her name. So, um, I didn't include her in the in, in my list of references and personal references. I, I wasn't sure how to handle that. And the, the book was very vague on how something like that should be handled. So, I, um, yes. Alright, well... You two have a seat. We'll get started here in a minute. Philip goes over and crams several donuts into his face and starts slamming a cup of coffee. He did pay for it, after all. Desmond, Anka... Mist and Winley. Some time passes as you enjoy a mug of ale and the relentless stares of the onlookers when a slight but neatly dressed young man with a fine hat complete with feather pushes his way into the room and approaches your table and he bows to you, Anka. Hello! It is so good to see you and an honor to receive you here Queen Anka of High Moon, I am to take you to meet with Mayor Dawn, if you would be so good to follow me. Anka just gives a brief little head nod and rises from her seat. She kind of gestures at the rest of you. Um, I don't mean to be rude, <laughs> but I would love to go get some rest. Well, do we have to go with you to see the mayor? Well, not if you don't want to. I'd like to meet the mayor. Oh, yeah, me too. It sounds so fun. <laughs> Can't wait. Let's go. You really go. don't have to. It's quite all right. No, we should. I could stay here and um, I can watch um, Cashew. I'll get the rooms ready. Oh, that's... Yes, darling. Please, and, and go ahead and unmake everyone's beds so they have the full experience oh, here. Oh, I'll do that. That would be very funny. I'll go see the Concord, too. I think he's probably scared in the new place. The courier leads you out of the inn, across the bridge, away from the college, 
to a very fine looking building with several columns and at least two flights of steps leading up to it. You enter the building, up another couple flights of stairs, and find yourselves at a grand office. He knocks, throws open the doors, and announces, The Queen of High Moon and her entourage! And then steps aside for you to enter. You enter the room, and you're surprised as it seems to be filled with plants. It almost seems more like an atrium than it does an office. You actually find that you have to push branches aside to make your way down the middle to where the desk is at the opposite side. Anka, you are in the lead. You push your way through the branches. And as you're moving the branch to a large fern, which stands at the end of the row, you reveal a desk. And standing behind the desk is a small woman with a very bright smile. And next to her, on the right, is a very tall, very proud-looking bird. Aha, Queen Anka! It is so good to see you! (laughs) And you look down at his foot, and you see that below the knee, it is a metal taloned claw. What? You have nothing to say to Akrataki? I was just so surprised to see you, that is all. Akrataki has that effect. I'm sorry. I should bow, right? That is truly not necessary. I have yet to really get used to it. Oh, you're queen. I should bow. Yes, you should. (laughs) (laughs) And he does this mock bow to you. I see you brought friends. I know you. Yes, hello. Good to see you. How are you? I couldn't be better. The small woman bows to you, but it is is much more formal and much more not sarcastic. Uh, Anka's returned bow is equally as serious. Uh, any sort of, di- we'll call it a diplomacy smile. That actually goes away and it's a genuine greeting towards Mayor Don. Hello, I am Hyacinth Don. It's, it's funny. I, my name has become ironic because now we have a Don and we didn't before, but it's, I'm just so, it's so good to meet you. I, I'm very happy you made the journey to to visit us here in Edgerton. It is it is an honor to meet the the person, well, I should say the people who 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 rid us of this terrible darkness and and the Lord and and I'm just so honored to have you here. We are equally honored to be here and thank you for hosting us for these talks. It is very important for how we move forward with the island. Yes, yes, I couldn't I couldn't agree more and and well, I won't you all sit down, please? Do we see chairs, or is this... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I forgot the chairs. Um, <laughs> Desmond sits on the floor. No, no, I'm just... Sorry, I'm sorry. I just figured they were hidden by plants. No, no, they, they, there are, in fact, no chairs. Winley takes out a marshmallow cushion, puts it on the ground, and sits next to Desmond. The, um, the courier who brought you to the mayor's office suddenly appears carrying two chairs and sets one in front for you, Anka, and then looks between Mist and Desmond, and then walks over and sets one behind you, Desmond. Ah. Mist stares at the courier, giving a long look while he takes a very slow bite of sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I'll be right back. And he disappears once again into the the plants and then comes back with another chair. I apologize for the, the garden. I just, ever since the sun came back, it's just so... Bright and so vibrant. I, can't, I just, 
I just can't get enough. That's vitamin D you were lacking. It makes you feel better. I'm surprised you went so long without it. I was mystified. Akrataki squawks. So, are we going to get down to business or what? Yes, I, I understand you've come for... Um, well, this is embarrassing, but Akrataki has made a proposal that I should join his... Uh, he called it... Uh, the the Eerie Alliance, and well, he makes some good, uh, uh, some some good points, and he he says he has uh, a place called World's End in in who has agreed to join. I, I guess they're at the southern tip of this isle. I had never been down there, but um, I I, I wanted to meet with you too, uh, Queen Anka, and to hear what uh, you propose. Interesting that we have separate alliances for what is supposed to be a unifying force, no? We are unified, but you know... But you are power-hungry, huh? What? No, Mm. I am not. Lies. My interest is ensuring that the island and its people have a say in everything that they do, and not that everything goes glory to the Eri. It should belong to the people. Of course! The people are important, but, you know... We also have to project strength and show the people who can protect them if something comes back. Just look at the power and the might of the Yara Krokra. Who are very concerned with the Iri, but not the rest of the people of the island, which is exactly why I have been speaking with others. In Kent? I have been speaking to others as well. Have you been down to World's End? They thought they were alone on the island. They're crazy. Please don't speak of your allies like that. No, it's true. They're crazy. Winley looks directly at Mist and sends a message and says, Um, I think Akrataki is actually the one that's full of bullshit, not Ruton. Yeah, I can smell it from here. Birds. As you sit there, Mist, Akrataki keeps side-eyeing you. Every time he does, Mist gives him a little, like, eyebrow raise. I have to say, I would rather be in a thesis defense than whatever this awkward thing is. (laughs) (laughs) I chose wisely. You do both put out some... I don't know what to do. I I, I don't want to upset either of you. I I believe that we are better united than we are divided. I, I think you both offer very compelling arguments. I mean... Queen Anka, if not for you, we should... We would nev- not be here at all, having these conversations. And what exactly has Akrataki proposed for you? Well, he has proposed a, a line of... Well, it's, you know, it's not quite what he said. It's sort of the way he said it. It's just... It sounds good. Mm. He's very charming. <laughs> you see? But what will that charm actually do? Is that charm actually going to feed your people? Is that charm going to get you trade agreements? Is it going to help you rebuild? Bah, we can do all that. We can fly from end to end. We can carry parcels and trade from place to place and protect as we go. Yes, a very important carrier pigeon. One that needed convincing to join this fight, if I do recall correctly. Where my people led that particular charge. No, that is fake news. My vision is history. I was in it from the jump. So Cassie in this situation would burn this place to the ground immediately, <laughs> having heard that. Anka's trying real hard to maintain composure there. I believe that you are now calling me a liar. 
to my face. No. And to the face I'd of my companions who came to talk to you as well. What? They were there. But They you, know. You just did. What? No, never. I'll tell you what. Maybe we can settle this another way. I am going to regret asking, but what is it that you are proposing? I'm proposing we can do this for the other people. Let them decide. We show them what we can offer. Have you heard of Scully? No. Oh, you do not know Scully? Of course not, because you do not know the people of Edgerton. It is their favorite sport. I propose you play me in the game of Scully to decide whose alliance wins. <laughs> It'll be fun, and the people would love it. Because you have to think of the people. I I'm so sorry, this really isn't any of my business, but this sounds an awful lot like bedknobs and broomsticks, which I don't think is a very smart way to run a kingdom. Um... No, I, I quite agree. This is this is not appropriate. See, you do not know this because you're new. The most important part of being a leader is to entertain your people. Um, there's visible shift in her position. I haven't been around very long, and my memory is Swiss cheese, but I don't think that that's accurate. That does not sound true. But it is a good idea, no? No, the difference is that no. this guy actually fought in the... Let's pop some good quotes on that. Yeah, no, you're right. This guy did actually fight, but everything else is stinking, okay? I mean, <laughs> he, he got his ass kicked. But he was in the fight. And now he has bone spurs. I left my leg on that battlefield so this land could be free. My mother died so that this land could be free. And you Ooh. would have us staking the fate of the island and its people on a game. That is how little you value this. No, it's... You are not taking this seriously at all. Why on earth should we leave this to you? Because I will show you what my Eri can do. I've seen what your Eri can do. Bah, what do you know? I'm not talking to you anymore. Miss Mayor, we will show you. In the game your people love, how strong the area are. So that if somebody ever does threaten this island, we just challenge them to a game of Scully, and then the birds win. Is that the... Is What? That the... No, that's dumb. Well, this is as silly as that. This is to, to prove a point. Otherwise, what? You just want to fight? I don't think so. We don't need to fight. Fight? What have we walked Who into, Who said Anka? anything about fighting? <laughs> Anka, what's happening? <laughs> Are you threatening me? No, I am not threatening you. It would be fun. To fight? To show our strength and power. Eh, cat? I know you want a piece of me. <laughs> Mist, don't. <laughs> The thesis defense had donuts, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed I can see the fur on the back of your neck standing up. Don't do it. <laughs> Mayor, are are you seriously considering this as an option? I don't know if it I don't know if it how much it would influence my decision, but it would well it would be fun and I, I think I think the people would like it. Things have been rather dreary around here and and the, the reborn quarter has been They've been having a hard go of it. It was, I guess, much easier when it was dark and gloomy, and maybe this would lift their spirits. So, I don't know. This is such a big decision. Is our boat built yet? <laughs> I really wish we could see Cassie's face right now. <laughs> What you need to do is bring Silway along to your diplomatic discussions. Yes. We really speed them along. Just jump right to Regicide and... Uh...
Meanwhile, across town, Philip stands at a lectern. There is a fairly lengthy leather book in front of him. He is visibly sweating and mopping at his already wet brow with an orange and black handkerchief. Ahead of him, the committee has gathered in their seats. So here's how we're going to do this. Diana, you always throw such throw these skill challenges and whatnot at us, and you turned this over to me, so now it's my turn. We're going to do a modified Powered by the Apocalypse scenario for this. As Philip is posed questions by his committee, he is going to need to handle those questions or, given his current state of mind, risk freaking out. With each question, Philip can choose one of a few different moves that uh, that he can make. He can attempt to cite the literature. He can trust the process where he is, in fact, you know, he is a doctoral candidate at this point. He has been through a lot of uh, a lot of coursework and has been working this project his own uh, on his own for quite some time. Um, and he can use that experience to mount his response. He can redirect where he tries to point to a less problematic portion of his dissertation. Or he can accept the critique, basically suck it up and recognize that the combined experience of the committee exceeds his own and they may actually be right about some things. All of these different options are basically resolved by rolling 2d6 and explaining what Philip is trying to do. If you roll a 1 to 6, that's going to be a miss, and Philip will take some stress. If you roll a 7 to a 9, that will be a hit, which means he successfully somehow handles the question, but there may be follow-up. And if you exceed a 9, 10 to 12, or higher, then Philip actually gets his act together and answers the question quite well, even impressing the committee to some point. Rotan and Silway, you guys are not passive in this because you are serving as witnesses to the chaos that the party wreaked on Philip's dissertation. Um, so you can help him out by, if he is struggling or uh, you think you can bolster his, um, his, own, his, his response, you can absolutely try to chime in and make things go better for him. Point of clarification. Yes. May I hinder Philip? <laughs> <laughs> if Sylvia doesn't like him. <laughs> well, I guess I didn't consider that a possibility. Well, there goes that game. If you want to actively sabotage him for reasons... She's not that petty, but she's not very good at helping either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I actually love the idea that, like, Silway's just pissed off at best. I guess if you were to try to help him and failed on the help roll, you could inflict... Let's go uh, with that. Okay. I'll leave that as a player choice as opposed to an automatic... I, I think it's. I think it would be very easy for the committee to just kind of dismiss anything you say. Um, okay. So yeah, so the, the goal here is that Phillips needs to fend off, successfully fend off five questions, not counting follow-ups, before taking five stress. 
So it's like a skill challenge, Diana. All right, Philip. So um, this is highly unorthodox to have members of the public in a closed-door session, but I understand you have some particular insights into the events surrounding uh, Philip's fieldwork. So I guess you can offer those as appropriate, but please remember this is Philip does need to speak for himself. You, Philip, also remember that you need to speak for yourself here. I'm going to pass the first question to uh, Professor Leon Cornwall from the History Department. Professor Cornwall, would you, where would you like us to start? Professor Cornwall rises from his seat, and he's a very sharp, very smartly dressed individual with uh, neat, short white hair. Philip, would you mind giving us some insight as to why the Knowles chose the Arakokrin Temple to reside in? I think he is going to cite the literature. Um, he believes that um, he's gonna he's gonna cite the literature. So let's see what he rolls. Eight. Okay, that is a uh, that is a hit. What does he, what literature does he cite? What uh, other resource does he refer to to address this question? So you you remember in Klaxar's Mini Monsters, they talked about the Nulls being a very sort of a, a scavenging sort of um, band of. Um, well, sort of treasure hunters and, and seekers. And so um, I think that the, it's very obvious that that the Knowles were looking for plum place to strike. And so um, in, in the field work, it was not so much my idea, but um, sort of part of, of the Knowles' natural instincts to go and find a place that they could pillage and make their new home and their new den. So really, I was relying on my information that I learned in Glaxar's, Glaxar's Many Monsters. Um, I think it's it's somewhere towards uh, the back of the book, maybe pages 72 to 74, um, on the behavior of Knowles. Roton raises his hand. <laughs> yes, the um, other person. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Professor. This is, this is Mr. Von Bastard. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Roton. Um, I, I just also wanted to add that uh, in the monster manual, gnolls are, are evil. So, uh, yes. <laughs> Roll 2d6, Adam. <laughs> that is, um, and I add them together? Two. Yep. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Do you want to actively hinder Philip here? No, no. I wrote, Roton's not actively trying to hinder Philip. He just does that because he's... He's Roton. Fair, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yes, I suppose that is so. Um, but it's a satisfactory answer, I think. And he sits back down. Oh, phew. Thanks, Roton. I totally what? forgot about the monster manual. That's a good resource. One question, zero stress. Oh, I bet they haven't even read the monster manual. Um, all right. Thank you, Professor Cornwall. Um... Next, I'd like to invite uh, Professor Tom Horton uh, from the uh, Behavioral Studies Department to uh, ask a question. Ah, uh, yes. Um, Philip, uh, 
and uh, assorted guests. I'm curious why you thought it would be a good idea to disguise yourself as a gnoll to observe their behavior uh, when it seems like taking the position of a leader within the tribe might change their behavior pattern in and of itself. I'm going to redirect that one. <laughs> Six. Ooh. I'm sure you see, I thought that, well, you know, the best place to observe all aspects of the the ongoings and the, the, the anthropomorphical rituals of the gnolls was from a place that I could see all aspects because if I was just a like a lonely grunt, I would have just gone out and gotten like firewood and had to like hunt sheep. I see. So to, to be fair, um, their behavior was much more greatly altered when we slaughtered them all. <laughs> Roll 2d6, Silway. The four. Do you want to hinder him? Do you want to actually? I, I, do you want to actively sabotage him with that? I, I think she's trying to help. She's pointing out the ludicrousness okay. of this whole thing. Yes, uh, certainly their d- deaths would influence their behavior. But but of course it would it would cease their behavior because they're dead now. Yes, I I want to interject that their deaths were not intentional, nor was that part of the study. No, I did attend it actually. They were also extremely painful deaths. <laughs> Nothing painless about them. And loud. And loud, yes. <laughs> but, but they didn't suffer. I... No, they, they suffered. They suffered. Now I'm hindering. <laughs> I just feel like there are better ways to investigate a culture than to essentially put on a giant mascot uniform and parade as one of them. I mean, you don't see us dressing up like giant squirrels or any number of other things and doing the same sorts of, of studies in uh, the biological sciences or uh, among reborn. You know, you don't see a folk dressing up like undead to try and understand the undead. Well, no, sure. Of course not, sir. Because one of those is very racist. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> sir. But the other is... Um, I just thought that this was a, a new way, a new direction to take the research because, you know, nobody had ever thought of it. Well, something to think about. Yeah, sure. So six, and and without any help from your witnesses, um, that is going to be one stress. So we're one and one. One stress for insinuating that someone on his committee is racist. <laughs> 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 yep, that checks out. <laughs> I wrote mechanics, and I adhere to the mechanics. Damn it. Um, I'm going to introduce Professor Professor Sin for art history. <laughs> Professor. Professor Sin. And uh, I do not remember what this guy looks like. I believe he was a giant construct he chicken. W- if... He was a giant construct chicken. That's right. While, while you were... Um, investigating this this Eric Hochran, uh temple um what are your insights uh, on 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 the gnolls and uh and their and their i say their treatment of any sort of um frescoes and other other uh works of art within that temple so he is going to trust his process he thinks he okay. did this very well six well you see well, I think I discovered that the gnolls don't really have a respect for art. And I think that, that that's something that 
you know, I was surprised because I would have thought as a, as a fairly intelligent people, they would have had some sort of symbolic way of conveying meaning in history. But it turns out that um, they don't really like art. And as such, didn't have the respect for the Aarakocran frescoes that I would have liked to have seen them have. Ah, I see. Uh, he's going to glance his robotic chicken, in that bird way, like kind of pivot his head towards either Rotan, towards both Rotan and Silway, sort of like one and then the other. What the hell are you? <laughs> I, R- Rotan also is a little bit <laughs> weirded out by this character. And so Rotan is going to say, oh, excuse me, Professor Professorson, I am a little bit suspicious. Are you really a professor of art history? And he casts Zone of Truth. <laughs> well, now um, Silway can't lie. <laughs> now Silway can't. <laughs> I'm going to say go ahead and roll 2d6. Okay. Because you might distract him enough. Please be the drama teacher. Please be the drama teacher. Uh, nine. That's a nine. Nine. That is that is a hit. That means you successfully help Philip. Which brings him from a six to a seven, unless Silway wants to try and fuck this up. <laughs> is there now a zone of truth in place? There is. There is a zone of truth in place. You do have to roll a save. I choose I to fail my of, save. You're, of course. And as, um, as you recall with the zone of truth, you're not compelled to tell the truth, but you can't lie. That's true. You can always say nothing. Yes. <laughs> can we go back to the part where you're a giant mechanical chicken? Is that no, a... he's, Wait, he's not a chicken. He's, he's a construct. Isn't a construct just a robot? I don't know what the word is. It's like a metal construct. Yes, he's a metal construct. And it's a chicken. Yes. Roll 2d6. He's the head of the department. Roll 2d6, Silway. It's absurd. This whole thing is absurd. <laughs> I rolled a 7. You don't actively hinder... Uh, somehow... Professor Professorson seems like he gets these sorts of questions all the time being a <laughs> chicken construct um, and doesn't really seem to take offense. It's just kind of like, yeah, just, it is what it is. He sits back down, squawks a bit as he does so, and Philip is now two successes and one stress. Meanwhile, across town, things are getting tense in the mayor's office as Akrataki struts slightly, tauntingly, at Mist, at Winley, at Desmond, and most of all, at Anka. What do you say about my deal? What are the terms of your deal? The terms! That means you are considering it! <laughs> the terms are great. We play a game of Scully. If you win, we go with your plan. If I win, we go with my plan. It's super easy. What does your plan have for my people? Because it is not a simple game. What game? We are allies. This is not a game. In my plan, the Eri become the capital of the island. We have a council who meet once a month, and if there is a deciding vote on the council, well, I get to make it. How very fair. (laughs) Yes, I think so. That was sarcasm. When is this game to be played? 
As soon as possible. We can do it now. I've got some people waiting outside. We do not understand the rules and we are not ready. This is not fair and I will not. So, we could do the game tomorrow. I do, do, <laughs> tomorrow? <laughs> That's quick. It's, it gives us time to prepare. I suppose I can agree on that. Then give us some more time to sell tickets. Yes, the important thing. Well, I've got my people. I came prepared, unlike you. I came prepared for a discussion. I did not come prepared for an absurd ambush. So you will give me the time that I need to prepare. That is fine. And I would like to make an amendment to the terms of this agreement. Okay. If we win, you are banished. Banished? You are banished. I did not stutter. I said it very clearly. You threaten the stability of the island and its people in a time where it is crucial for us to rebuild. So you can play a game. And that is not what we need in leadership. That is not what I need sitting on council. Okay. I accept your terms. But if I win, you are banished. <laughs> fair is fair. Yes, you can blood yourself back to the Stone Age where the gnolls are still in your basement. Gnolls? Who cares about gnolls? We would have cleaned them out. Eventually. Oh, you would have, except that we already did. In your own home. Yes, tomorrow you will bring your people. Or are these your people? I will have the people that I need. I, I didn't like that tone. I really didn't. I'm sorry, little girl. I didn't mean to offend you, but this is grown-up talk. You will not insult oh. my companion again and live. Big mistake. Um... <laughs> You're done. Fucked up, I'm my really friend. I'm really not feeling very well. <laughs> Someone's brain's gonna be on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we fought this kraken, you see. <laughs> Don't you understand? <laughs> the last time you and I had a conversation, it, it was wonderful. I was building you up, building up your whole army. You even bowed to me, if I um, remember correctly. I really think we should keep it at some sort of, that sort of area. And um, because I'm starting to turn red, and I'm not... I'm not feeling very good. I am sorry. I got carried away. I've been under a lot of stress lately. It's not easy being the king, you know. If you're really that emotional, perhaps this is not the job for you. Quiet, witch. <laughs> you watch your tongue. Um, excuse me, Helen. I, I think I think maybe... Maybe tensions are running a little high, and maybe it would make the most sense if we just... We take the night and we sleep on it, and... We can gather tomorrow morning and we can have a nice breakfast and and then maybe we can um, decide from there. And, and if you want, then, well, then we can play the game and and, and decide it that way. Or if you come up with a different plan, then then maybe we'll go that way. Is that, is that good for everyone? And she looks between Anka and Akrataki. Anka's going to hard stare Akrataki until he speaks first. I actually want to, I want to roll an intimidate on that. All right, let's do that. Can I assist? <laughs> sure. Intimidate <laughs> with advantage. Mist produces another sandwich from his pocket, <laughs> stares at Akrataki, and <laughs> makes sure to bear all of his fangs as he takes another bite. Uh, that's going to be a 23. Yeah. Right. I'll oppose it, but I don't think he's going to... Nope. Yes, no, it's fine. Tomorrow is fine, okay? Anka breaks her stare down with him, and her expression softens considerably when she's looking at the mayor. Yes, that's a very reasonable plan. Thank you. Okay, then, um, 
Shall we meet here tomorrow? Um, sun up or... Well, we do have the big clock, so how about 10.30? That should give everyone some time. Perfect. And thank you for being the voice of reason. Oh, no. And, and thank you, Queen Anka, for all that you've done. You have saved us. Yes, we did. Yes. We, and she gestures at her friends behind her, did. We only did what was right. Wenli cast prestidigitation in the form of an odd odor right at Akrotaki's beak, eyes, and it's like this putrid, sulfuric sort of smell. What's wrong? You look like you've, you've smelled something icky. No, it's fine. It's just... I must go speak with my lieutenants. I should see you in the morning. Anka's gonna give Winley the, the knuckle bones. We're gonna knux it out. Good one? Yes. <laughs> that guy forgets his little art pieces that venerate gnomes. I'm gonna remind him of the ones that make him fear Tabashi. I think we need to um, remind Akrataki of his past. And of the past of his people. I mean, that's kind of what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wish to take up any more of your time, and and I'm sure you have some things to discuss, and I don't want to... I don't need to hear all the details. I, yes, that's quite all right. Feel, feel free to use my office if you'd like and, and discuss things. I'm, I will just be over there. And, and she kind of bows her head again and shuffles off through a door at the rear of the office into another chamber. Wait, who knows how to play this dumb game? Yes, I was going to inquire Not as to what me. the rules of this game are as well. Yes, and as we only have one day to prepare, Anka, are you, um, are we going to have a wonderful horde of witches help? <laughs> yes, perhaps we will. Are we going to have to go get Stabo and Smasho? Yes, we should return to the inn. Perhaps there's a coach. Oh, at the university, yes. Someone that could offer us guidance or something. Yes, in hopes that he hasn't already given it to Akrataki. That would be rather sad. But since everyone here really likes it, there should be more than just him that can help. This calls for Silway. <laughs> we need to go get her. The group of you exit the mayor's office on your way back to the inn. And as you're doing so... You see Akrataki standing off to the side under a tree, and he is talking with three other Arakokra. The third, you don't recognize, Anka, but two of them you recognize as Ravermik and Lani. Don't make me kill my own <laughs> Waldeshot character. I'm cool with it. <laughs> and the third is a shorter, more slender Arakokra, whose feathers seem to form a sort of almost faux hawk on top of her head. And the blacks around her eyes almost look like eyeliner. And they glare at you as you walk past, cross the bridge, and return to the inn. Meanwhile, back in the defense, Philip has two successes, one failure, and he's, I think he's stopped sweating, though he doesn't look any more comfortable. All right, uh, you know, Philip, I have to say, 
this whole thing going the way it did, I feel like maybe you put yourself at risk, an unnecessary risk, the whole project, by choosing such a problematic group to investigate. The unpredictability of Knowles and trying to insert yourself into their community is really dangerous. Like, from a not-getting-yourself-killed standpoint. What would you do differently? Rotan raises his hand. Uh, bastard guy. Von Bastard. Uh, yes, it just struck me that that would have been a good question to ask several years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and not right now. <laughs> Roll 2d6. Eight. Eight. He gets a look on his face, like he does not like that you just asked him that question, or made that comment. It seems to have needled him, and Buzzkey turns his attention back to to Philip. Philip is going to accept the critique. Okay. Well, yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think, I think you're right, and I think in hindsight that um, maybe there would have been a better way to design the experiment and the observation so that I would not be put at risk. But at the same time... Like, isn't risk inherent to everything we do? Isn't our lives as sort of wizards and and scientists, isn't there inherent risk in all of it? And, you know, if I can do something and put myself at risk so that others don't have to, I think that's my duty as a wizard to do so. Roll 2d6, that's a... Accepting the critique and one hell of a redirect. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, seven is seven okay plus one from rotan's little comment philip you're feeling you're feeling better about this you're like you know what i can do this that that was a confident answer you you can clear that stress you're now at two and zero at least you're taking the responsibility seriously. Rotan turns to Silway. He was probably on sabbatical at the time, and that's why he didn't ask the question. I mean, the real risk was getting stabbed in the face by adventurers, not the gnolls. That's true. We sh- should we bring that up? We should, yes. We definitely should. I mean, the real risk, of course, was, uh, you know, getting getting stabbed in the face by adventurers. He came this close. He really did. Professor Cornwall rises again. Yes, well, speaking of conflicts... What can you tell me about the history between Aarakocra and the gnolls on the Shrouded Isle? How much contact have they had before the present day inhabitation? He's going to uh, cite the literature. Six. Well, sure, I'm going to go to, um, I'm going to, uh, if you remember, sir, in Rasmussen's Caw Caw and all that clause, uh, the history of the Aarakocra... <laughs> God damn it, Mike. Sorry. The history of the Aarakocra. You see that he talks specifically about that the Aarakocra used to hunt the gnolls for sport. They didn't really like the taste of their meat because they said it was a little gamey. I don't think the gnolls like that, sure. And I don't think that, that when they when they talked about the Aarakocra, they talked about that with great fear. But I don't really respect. They thought they were a bunch of, well... Bad birds, sure. Bad birds. I see. He glances at Silway and Rotan. I mean, they weren't the kindest birds. They did threaten us a few times. But now they're allies, I guess, maybe. Roll it. Oh, roll the four. Go figure. Silway's unhelpful in a social situation. Cornwall seems to 
frown a little bit and sits back down. He starts scribbling something down in his notebook. Well, that's not good. Philip, you're going to go ahead and take one stress there. Professor Horton rises. Oh, yes. Um, Philip, what ritual would you say you observed among the gnolls that was the most surprising to you? Okay, I guess he's going to trust the process. Trust the process. Ooh, 12. That is going to go well. So sure, apparently the gnolls' mating rituals are a lot more intense than we thought they were. They involved a series of elaborate... Well, first they would create this area... Um, it was kind of like a, a, a ring of bones. And then they would get in the ring and they would do this dance that we kind of always associated with birds. But the gnolls did it too. And then they started howling and they would keep doing it for like, I mean, like, I swear, I think I saw one do that for like a day. And even when like a giant spider tried to fight him, he wouldn't leave the ring or stop his howling. He just killed the spider, and then he started using the body as a drum because he was like a metal spider. And then, like, eventually, while there wasn't really a mate that came, he just got tired and he kind of passed out. But it was pretty cool to watch. So I cast silence on Philip. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Mike has just died off camera. Horton starts scribbling notes, but like more of like a oh I'm this and remember this one for later, uh, <laughs> in that sort of fashion. <laughs> he seems quite pleased with that response, and you're gonna get plus one to the next question because uh, that felt that felt good. That was like all right, I actually do know something. Silway gives him a significant glance to make sure he's done talking, and then drops the silence spell. And I believe that brings our total to three and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip, I say, uh, did you notice the gnolls making anything on their own? Or, uh, didn't see anything in here about, uh, gnoll craftsmanship. And I was wondering, uh, I say, uh, what it is that they do make. He's gonna redirect. Okay. Seven. All right. Well, you see, sir, uh, Mr., uh, sorry, Professor Professorson, gnolls by nature are not very crafty. They're more scavengers. So they would mostly raid caravans and steal their weaponry and steal stuff like, well, they didn't really use utensils like bowls. What they did, they would break them. They thought it was very funny to throw things against the wall until they broke. So in that sense, I guess they did craft um, games for themselves, but they didn't so much craft objects like you know, sort of you or I would, or sort of other intelligent species would, like, you know, sort of the lizard people, or the bird people, or even the cat people. Um, They were very much scavengers. I, th- I say I thank you for that insight. And he'll go ahead and have a sit down. And that brings us to four and one. I'm sorry, I can't get over this. You're a, a metal chicken. Did someone build you? Like, for what purpose? What is going on right now? I was built to study art history, young miss. As a chicken. Well, what would you build? A car. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't study art history in the first place. It's a stupid, you know, subject, but whatever. We'll hop back to the other half of our party who have made their way to the inn 
The afternoon is growing short. Evening is upon you. The sun is starting to go down. And people are beginning to gather in the tavern. The booth you were in earlier is still open. In fact, it has been roped off with a velvet rope. When you enter, Francis comes up to you. Kept your uh, beef open over there. Uh, if you'd like, um, we've got more cow. Got a special tonight. We're going to have some chicken. Um, don't know if you prefer chicken, or I can get some more cow. Or we've got, um, we've got some sort of vegetables, uh, some radishes. Don't know, usually we put them with some greens. We call it a green plate. Don't know if that's too fancy for you. Just let me know what you want, and it's yours, on the house. Wow. You are our honor guests. That is very generous, uh, Francis. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, listen, I was wondering if we find ourselves in a bit of a, um, bit of a quandary. This game, Scully, you know it? Oh, it's called Scully. Everybody knows Scully. Ah, wonderful. Look around. I sponsor Scully game for the little kids. Excellent. We won the trophies a few years running, not to break. Good, uh, then you're just the man we want to talk to. Could you explain to us what this game is, how it is played, the rules of the game? We find ourselves um, in, in uh, involved in a, in a match of sorts uh, tomorrow. Of course. No, be my honour. So, oh, just give me a second. And he goes back behind the bar. And he pulls out a glove. Uh, it's like a leather glove. And it has little bits of metal on each one of the fingertips. And a metal plate on the palm. And he closes the fist. And when he opens it, it sparks ever so slightly. This is a scully glove. Um, kind of an old one. There's some bitter ones. But so, point of scully is to take the ball and to score it in the goal. Two goals at either end. And... Uh, Scully glove helps you catch the ball. The scully. Pull the scully because it kind of looks like a skull. Back in the old days, used to play it with a skull. Not so much these days because, you know, more civilized. Also, the reborn had a thing about it. Naturally. Can I have a volunteer here? Right here. Promise. Uh, Anyone volunteer? Don't mind if I do. Um, yes. Oh, okay. Perfect. So, scully glove. Good thing about it is, can only use it every year. Um, I don't know, 30 seconds, a minute or so. You know, don't mean anything by this. He reaches out and he touches you with the glove. And you are frozen in place. Mm. As if under a hold person spell. Okay. And you can still hear him, but you are frozen. So you see, you can do this every so often. You can kind of freeze the person in place. You can take the scully from him. It's sort of, you don't want to be caught holding the scully because then you get frozen. So there's four on a side. And there's two gold keeps, but the gold keeps are just sort of these construct spiders, so you don't have to worry about them. But the idea is to put the, the scully and the gold. Pretty simple. You can use spells as you do so. You can try to hinder your people, but if you get too egregious, and all of a sudden, Desmond, you pop out of it. Oh, yes. If you ah, get too, wonderful. too aggressive, then the referee called a penalty, and then you're frozen for two minutes. Oh. So you see, right? Yes, and then if you do something really bad, like you use a spell that could like hurt somebody, then they give you the old heave ho. Ah, I see. Oh, this sounds like such a problem for me already. So I couldn't, I couldn't light anyone on fire or like heat no, them up. No, you probably or get it ready for that for sure. Oh, hmm. shoot! 
That's the fun part, I thought. What do you could do other things? Yeah, but not light anyone on fire. There's nothing more fun. And um, so now there's one of my favourite Scully players. Name was um, Transcend the Small. He was not very big, but he was really wicked quick with his spell casting. And so he used to cast the spell which would make somebody burst into laughter and just fall on the ground and just start laughing. And then he would like take the scully from him and then just score. Mm. Oh, I, I suppose. It was always fun to see. My mates and I would stop laughing. And it was great. And does everybody get a scully glove, or, or is that? Uh... Oh yeah, every everybody on every team block, each player gets a scully glove. Oh, well, it seems straightforward enough. Don't know if it's quite my game, but um... must you um, stay present? Meaning, um, can you go invisible, or is that against the rules? Invisibility is against the rules, but oh, you can you can kind of pop, if you will. Around the pitch, I've seen that before. They can misty step. I guess it's what you call it. I'm not a spellcaster. Didn't study at the university, but I think you can do that. Are there any um, really good um, players uh, in in town? Any really good uh, coaches? Anyone? If you were to if you were to get a team in shape uh, practically overnight, uh, who would you go to? I went to the university coach. Yes, and where? Who is this individual? Her name's Gretel Monroe. Gretel Monroe. Yeah, yeah, Gretel Monroe. She's great. All league, three years running. Player coach. Usually it's the way it is. Gretel Monroe. That that sounds like our our person. Does she usually come in here, or do you have a, an address? Or do you know where her office would be? The university. That's where she is. I think they get an office there in the athletic department. Well, thank you, Francis. Yes. No worries. Um... Right, uh, Gretel Monroe. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, Gretel Monroe. Great player, great. They got an autograph right up there. Oh, oh, wonderful. Oh, she's beautiful. Oh, yes, yeah, she's gorgeous. Well, tough, her last name is Monroe. <laughs> Dream woman, if you me. Oh. oh, Francis. I <laughs> know we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I said too much. Um, I shall get back to work. Um, anyway, good luck. Let me know if you know what chicken or cow. Green plate. Thank you. Cheerio. And he wanders away back to the bar. All right. Well, I say we find this Gretel quickly as it, the sun is beginning to go down and we only have one day. Let's go. To the college. And then we're going to eat all of their chicken because if I don't eat a bird tonight, I'm going to lose my mind. Jump back to the defense to finish that up, and perhaps we will have a reunion when this is all over. All right, Philip. Having seen what you've seen, given your work, your observations, your study, what would you say is the best way to negotiate with these gnolls if we should ever have to encounter a tribe of them, say, moving on New Edgerton? He's going to um, stand by his research. Okay. Four. Uh-oh. Uh, but I get the one bonus from last round, right? Uh, or did I already y- use that? Yeah. 
Uh, you didn't need. I don't think you needed it last time, so I'll let no, you okay. use it here. Okay. Well, still, it's five. It's still a fail, but but uh, again, Roton and Silway can help. It is possible that with their help, you could get up to a seven. Right? Fingers crossed. So, um, I think you'll see in my conclusion. I talk. I lay out the groundwork for a peaceful coexistence with the Null Nation, and I think that. If we respect their love of meat and destruction and perhaps give them a proper outlet so that they could both eat and destroy things, that I think we could achieve a sort of symbiosis with the gnolls. Well, who do you propose we let them destroy? Well, no, we give them like you sort of... I always thought that they could be sort of rehabilitated as sort of like a demolition crew if you wanted to do destruction of a structure... You could call in the gnolls and just let them destroy things, and then from there you could, um, from there you could, you know, they, that would be their outlet. Um, Rotan, how do you feel about negotiating and having peace with gnolls? Um, if they're good gnolls, uh, are there then, good gnolls? Then that's fine. I, I don't think they are. No, I think they're all awful. We would destroy that, right? That's that's the proper response to a well, invasion. Yes, of the city. I would think that, yes. that you know, if if the peace thing doesn't work out, you could always just uh, call on someone like uh, like me or Silway here, or maybe a whole bunch of us, and uh, yes, and, and uh, we'd take care of your problem real quickly. Yes, was that helpful? Let's find out. I like that combined effort. So each of you roll two d six. I rolled an eight. What we get there. I rolled a nine. Buzzkey looks to Philip. Does that change your? opinion of your uh whatever these two are change your view at all heroes we're humans just you know like i know we're not giant robot chickens but we are we're humans yes i i guess it does i guess it's good to have a contingency plan and always plan for a worst case scenario if somehow the outlet and the diplomacy doesn't work all right anyone else have anything cornwall no i'm quite done all right horton ah no i think uh i think we've heard enough to make our decision professorson all right uh philip i'm gonna ask you and your companions to go uh wait out in the hall and we'll come get you in a little bit we're gonna have a chat just the four of us okay sure and and you combine panel of all of you thank you for taking time out of your busy days and schedules to read my my research and what i put towards you and i just want to say thank you for your time so i i thank you and he bows his head and he turns and he walks out of the room come on yeah somebody's sitting there awkwardly not sure what to do don't you this way oh i see yes oh it sounds great Grab grab a donut on the way out they're good, and I paid a lot of money for those. Silway casts Misty Step however many times it takes to teleport out of the room instead of getting up and walking. Just for theatricality. <laughs> you arrive in the hallway, and when you arrive out there, Philip is sitting on the ground in the hallway. His head is between his hands. You're so hard. I don't... I just, I just, I just hope to... I just hope to... Why I just I work so hard on that. I just work so hard. Did we win? I can't tell if we win. 
I, I, I'm not sure what exactly is going on here still. I don't know either. It's up to them. My, my faith is in their hands. My faith is in their hands. Oh, my mother's going to kill me if this doesn't work. She's going to kill me. Really? Do they need some convincing, perhaps? No, I think you guys helped a lot. I really appreciate you coming. I don't know what I would have done without you. I think, I don't think it would have gone as well. But it's up to them. We just have to wait. Um, I think, I think maybe I need some fresh air. I think that would be best. Will you, will you come out job with me and I get your fresh air? Well, yes. Weren't we supposed to be in like, some sort of negotiations or something today? <laughs> uh, that might have been it. Philip leads you downstairs and outside, and he's breathing heavy the entire way. And he pushes outside and onto the green. And he slumps down next to a stone wall and continues breathing heavily. You two join him, and you're standing there awkwardly, not sure what to do. When you see enter the green, Anka, followed by Desmond, Mist, and Winley. Oh, finally, some sane people. Rotan waves. You them. all are going to just be so excited to hear what we went through today. <laughs> oh. You're going to hate us. You're going to really dislike everything. Oh. Did it involve giant metal chickens? Well, we have some bigger birds to fry. That's for sure. Good. Glad to hear it. Okay. Anka, I think uh, maybe you, uh, you take the reins. She kind of just stands there for a second and... It looks like she's trying not to scream, maybe a little bit, <laughs> from frustration and a little bit of rage. Like, she's pale anyway, but she's a little... She's got some flush in her cheeks. That's... Bird has challenged us to a game for the fate of the island. A game. All right, I need a minute. And she's going to cast Private Sanctum just right there on the university green. <laughs> on the quad. On the quad. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the middle of everything. I, need a second the quad. I need a spell like that. And she's going to beckon all of you in. Well, it's just beautiful in here and serene. I want to kill him. Shit, my kind of girl. Kill who? <laughs> Did you mean that literally or, or metaphorically? Oh, very literally, yeah. Oh, well, uh, thanks for letting me know. But I think we can do better. What Akrataki has proposed in his generous wisdom is that we leave the people of this island in their dire rebuilding phase to chance. And that is not a leader. We do not need that sort of fuckery. So... I am wondering if we... Would we kill him? Yes? If we kill him, we would risk war. But if we take the Eri while we are playing, he has nowhere to go back to. Um. <laughs> yes, Roton. Roton here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then where will he go? I mean, it seems to me you said he well, would have nowhere to, to go hell, back but... to, but, but he will still be here. And so that, that, 
That no. No. Could potentially be problematic, I think. But we're killing him. And, and, oh. And doesn't that also wait. create the whole why war thing anyway? Well, if we win the game, part of the terms of the deal were that he would to be banished. So. Yes, but the other unfortunate part is if we do not win the game, then Anka yes. is banished. We will win. I think so, too. I've never wanted to heat up a piece of metal so much in my life. He'll have a true peg leg. <laughs> but wouldn't attacking the Eyrie and seizing it also lead to war? Just, like, offing? I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying consequences. This Akrotaki is a very unreasonable person. I, I fear that even if we were to win and he were to... He strikes me as the kind of person that if he were not to get his way, he would um, react in a irrational way. I, I, there's tension here on this island. I feel it. Uh, the people, now that Starge is gone, I feel as if they have been used to his rule for so long, and now that he's not here, conflict seems to be brewing under the surface, no matter what outcome of this game. The people do not want another Starge. They don't. And I feel like they could they could easily see that Akrotaki and Starge are well, unfortunately share many traits together. And if we show that, if we speak to the people of the Eerie, I mean, just because you're in someone's cabinet doesn't mean you like them at all. It doesn't mean you want them to be there at all. It just happens to be that they have more money or more power. And it's not like Akrotaki is smart at all. I mean, he's basing this off of a game. And if we show the people that, then, I mean, I think we have a, a fair chance. What are you talking about a game? Is that... Referring to, like, political maneuvering and backstabbing and secrets and infiltration. No, no, a Quite literal game. game. <laughs> yes. Like with a ball a sport. and gloves. Like a, yeah. like a children's exactly. game. But also that other thing. There's a scully glove <laughs> and a ball and spells and, and goalposts and it's all quite fascinating. He wants to play a goddamn game of whatever sport for the future of the island? But if, if we show the people how stupid he is, how, how, how he is waging their lives and livelihood on a game with a ball and a fucking glove, I think we really have a chance. Anka has a chance to overthrow. I mean, I, I think it could work. To be fair, the mayor of New Edgerton didn't seem to get how dumb that is. So, what does that say about the people who, I presume, elected her? I actually don't know the civic process on this city, but... Uh, I really was concerned for her well-being. She seemed to be like a puppet. Very timid. Lacked basically all of the qualities it takes to become to be a leader. I was very, very confused. Is there not one Maybe other she's person? Maybe she's the villain, like in Zootopia. <laughs> Is this a new play Spoilers. or something? Spoilers! <laughs> villain? A, a theater show? Are you saying No, it's just a story I no heard good. growing up. <laughs> Do we need to kill the mayor? No, but you never know. The quiet ones are the ones you need to watch out oh. for. The bashful ones. You don't need to watch out for me, then, do you? <laughs> Unfortunately, I think the loud one is our issue right now. Anka, how should we go forward? You're the queen. As much as I want his head, and I do, 
I fear we're going to have to play this game. We, we cannot lose. And if he dies while we're playing the game, then he dies. Mm-hmm. Understood. Silway winks at you. Silway, uh, Roton, we're going to go and meet the um, coach of, uh, at the university to hopefully um, help us train up a little bit for the game. Oh, oh for sport. Oh, very exciting. You're going to go learn to hit a ball with a stick? A ball in a glove, it seems. Oh, much different. Excellent. Uh, her name is uh, Gretel Monroe. Have you heard of her? Uh, no. Never. No. <laughs> well, I was really more speaking to Sylvie. Oh. No, I've never heard of her. Surprising. You've heard of everyone. Well, not in this island. I haven't had time to skulk around yet. Speaking of skulking, can we send Cashew? Oh, yes. Yes, of course. A spy, perhaps. To keep. Yes. I do not trust Akrataki. Of course. Darling, Cashew, we have a little mission for you. Are you up for it? Well, of course. I would be happy to serve you in any way I can. Aunt Anka has a very secret and special mission for you. Something that's truly going to help us and hopefully um, aid in our cause and keep Will us safe. Will there be snacks involved? Uh, Winley takes out three muffins and a bit of the uh, sliced cow. I already wrapped up a little package for you. Here, darling. She puts it on a stick for him to carry. Do you put it in a stick or do you wrap it up like a, a bindle? Wrap, like a uh, hobo bindle for yeah. him to carry around? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So it's looking a lot like the black cauldron. It's looking a lot okay. like that. Here you are, darling. Now, Aunt Anka is going to instruct you and don't worry, darling. We'll make you invisible. No one will see you at all. You'll be as safe and sound as you can be. right home. Right, we need you to keep an eye out on Akrataki and his companions. See if they do anything to cheat. Or if anything seems dangerous or against us, do let us know. Especially if they deflate the ball. We really want to know that. Can't have another deflate gate. (laughs) Cashew reaches up and he puts his little paw at the top of his head. And he steps backwards... And he does an elaborate bow to Anka. <laughs> Anything for you, my queen. So cute. <laughs> Anka's he... going to return the elaborate bow. <laughs> Rotan raises a single eyebrow. <laughs> it's like Narnia in here. <laughs> Silway's muttering to herself, they need a spy, so they send the raccoon. It's literally my only job. <laughs> and then he turns around back to you when Lainey says, Goodbye, mother. I will see you soon. Goodbye, my darling cherub. You'll be safe. She casts invisibility on him as he trots off. So, where's this Miss Monroe? Let's go find her. I'll drop the uh, the spell so we're back in the middle of the quad again. <laughs> okay, Golish. I thought you left me. I wasn't sure what that spell was. Oh, hi, everybody. Philip. It's good to see you again. Oh, yes, hello. Remember you from last time. I'm... I wasn't quite nice to you. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was very rude. I was... I was just panicked because I had to do this thing, and Rotan and, and Mara here helped me a lot. I'm Mara. Go, Mara. With, just go with it. It's Mara. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Mara. I'm good, good friend. friend. <laughs> uh, say, Philip, do you happen to know where Coach Monroe's office is? Oh, Greta Monroe. You know Coach Greta Monroe? Yes. <laughs> Very well. We, uh, we're old acquaintances. 
and I just, uh, we wanted to pop in and uh, get an autograph for Roton. What? tell you those bird people sucked yeah so i guess we'll see if this scully game is like a mutant league rollerball blood bowl kind of thing and find out just generally how completely fucked is an island where leadership is determined by a sporting event on the next multi-class theater That was my favorite Rotan what I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> Just the timing of it. <laughs> That's like number one. What? what? <laughs> oh my oh god. Oh my god, I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm crying. Oh my god. <laughs> the timing of it was so good. What? What? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> I want this to come out so I can go back and listen to that like six times. <laughs> oh god. Holy shit. Okay. I'm good. <clears throat> I think that becomes our new sign off, like the end of every episode. Just what? what? Oh my god. The funny thing is, I totally missed it because I was too busy talking. So <laughs> no. I'll get to experience it the first time when I hear it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I keep thinking of that scene in Parks and Rec with Ron Swanson with <laughs> the eggs at the diner. Wait. No. <laughs> I Come want back. all. I want to make sure you heard exactly Son. what I said. <laughs> what I said oh, I'm worried. All the, bacon. all the bacon and eggs you have. <laughs> Give me all of the sliced cow. <laughs> all of the muffins you have. Just bring me the cow, the whole and, and knife, and I'll take On it. On this and plate. I'll, I'll shave off what I want. <laughs> and then... Hello! I bring greetings from the mayor. <laughs> I am... I am... Damn, <laughs> oh, damn it, this is why I don't... <laughs> Yo, do you know what that, that sound? Do you know what that sounded like? It was. It's like when Miss Doubtfire. Yes. Uh, yes. Put her face in the cake. And she's like, Hello. <laughs> yes. That's why. This is why I usually don't leave the video on because I can't look at y'all. Oh when I... God. <laughs> I can send. Uh, I can send Cashew to retrieve them. <laughs> does Cashew know where we went? Cashew definitely does. Cashew. Cashew can. <laughs> Can uh, smell them out though. Cashew knows Rotan and so they smell. They'll just go back to the inn afterwards. It, it is true. <laughs> All raccoons have a sixth sense of where they can cause the most annoyance, and that will definitely be wherever <laughs> Rotan is. <laughs> and Cashew would love nothing more. <laughs>